0: This is the podcast by the Straits Times.
1: This is Asian Insider, and I'm Nirmal Kosh. Now, today we are back to discussing Myanmar. Since the army, the Tatmadaw, seized power in a coup d'état on February one, anxiety over the internal situation in Myanmar has grown. A wide civil disobedience movement has seen thousands out on the streets in different forms of protest. Even some sections of the bureaucracy have joined in that. The army has responded with a show of force, cutting off the Internet at night, a curfew and a continuing crackdown, with many protesters injured and hundreds arrested. On the line today, I have from Yangon, Dr. Kinza Win from New Delhi, Gautam Mukhopadhyay, and from Bangkok, Tanhui Yi. Good morning to you. And Dr. Kinzawid, let me perhaps start with you. Let us start with the fate of the peace process with the various armed ethnic minorities that the tapmadaw has been fighting with on and off for decades. Now, you have written recently that although State Councilor Dong San Suu Kyi, who is under arrest again now, had continued the peace process, she is too much of a Burman majoritarian at heart and believed Similarly to the military, that autonomy for the ethnic groups could lead to secession, and now we have this new data. What effect will this have on that dynamic, the conflicts with the various ethnic groups?
2: It seems that you are plunging in right at the beginning. <laughs> well, uh, it doesn't look uh, very um, right, I would say. You know, um, the we've had two incarnations of the. Uh, uh, peace negotiating team and the most recent under Aung San Suu Suji has been ditched together with the um, arrests and the detentions after the coup d'état. Uh, even before that, um, things that were just chugging along. You know, everybody had uh, really given up hope on Aung San Suu Suji's um, attempts to continue uh, the peace process. But getting to the heart of it, what you really asked is that. I a lot of ethnic people also feel the same way, and I thought that I should make this um comparison uh clear and put it on the table, you know. Um it's more developing more like um women majority versus uh the all the ethnic nationalities. I mean women majority leaders, I mean I don't mean all of us. And so um the ethnics are presented with a uh, with a, with a non-choice, you know, and it's a, a dismal choice. Uh, the Tamadol version and the Aung San version, there's no real difference between them. Well, having said that, um Merle, if he's allowed to go on, which is not sure because of the protests, uh, will have to offer a lot of concessions, you know, and um, he will have to make a dogged effort to... Revive the peace process, because this will be the last chance, but last chance for everyone. And, um, we don't know, because, um, things looked best under Uden Seng when it started. And when Aung San Suu Kyi, um, took over, she turned things upside down, you know, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a lot of fanfare, the the, the 31st century, but it really is not getting anywhere. Well, um, Everyone is agreed agree that this is uh, our primary um, problem and issue in the country. And uh, everybody wants to have a real um, lasting peace. But uh, the thing is that um, this issue is also tied to the question of federalism. You know? The ethics uh-huh. know that when you have peace, or even before that, there has to be federalism, and federalism is closely tied to the issue of peace, but uh Aung San Suu Kyi is uh, denying it and trying to separate it. I think, at the heart, uh, the main issue is that.
1: I see. Uh, Ambassador Mukhopadhyay, we have had a predictable reaction from the international community, though slightly more informed and cautious for now, given that the aura that was constructed around Doss particularly in the West, had been tarnished by her support for the Tatmadaw's 2017 abuses against the Rohingya, which drove close to one million into refugee camps in Bangladesh. Now, Myanmar shares borders, of course, with Thailand, Bangladesh and China and, of course, India. And what is the view from your perspective on the situation in Myanmar and what India should or should not do? One does not hear too much about India in this situation. So I'm curious about that.
3: No, India has been quite forthcoming. I think in line with most uh, of the eastern countries, the Asian powers, uh, they've expressed deep concern. They have expressed uh, a desire for the release of, politi- of all the all those detained, uh, as well as a restoration of the democratic process and respect for the democratic process. Uh, but they have been conflicted to the extent that you know, they haven't actually condemned it as a coup. And I think uh, this is uh, primarily motivated by three or four considerations. One is Uh, a a kind of long-term view, you know, that these are episodes in Myanmar history, it's necessary to keep the relationship particularly oriented towards the people going, uh, but also primarily to, you know, to be, to keep open channels of communication, perhaps try and talk the generals back uh, to a kind of respect for the democratic process. But there are also uh, other bilateral issues involved. For example, we have our security interests in the northeast of India. Uh, There is this issue of, you know, a very large Indian origin community and in myanmar that will look for solace from from india so there will be some continuity in that respect uh to preserve the uh you know the development projects that have been in india's case mostly aimed towards strengthening economic and people-to-people ties uh, and of course preserve some of the equities that we have actually labored to 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 build uh with the tamado um uh, over the last 30 years and i think there there would be a very important distinction for india which is That, you know, uh, India's sort of collaboration uh, with the Tamado has been oriented towards basically Myanmar's defense and our security needs. And they've steered clear uh, from the internal politics uh, between the civil administration and the the government, except in trying to uh, make sure that the cohabitation uh, works well. And in fact, in October, we had an unusual joint visit by the Foreign Secretary of India and uh, the chief of army staff. And... uh, the the uh, myanmar government was comfortable enough to accept uh, such a visit as well
1: interesting uh Yi, one factor very different this time around is that there is this young generation which has grown up come of age in a decade roughly of freedom of expression within some limits but still quite free political freedom and so forth and this generation is not going to be easily cowed. We see that in the CDM, the civil disobedience movement. Tell us a little more about, uh, tell us a little more about what is going on. How are they organizing? Which way is this heading, in your opinion?
0: Well, here's the these young, digitally savvy people in Myanmar were among the first to rise up against the coup. This was very clear in the initial days uh, when NLD was still struggling to come up with a coherent response. Some of these leading activists were highly critical of Aung San Suu Kyi before the coup. But they tell me that they are fighting more for democracy rather than her per se. While they want her to be freed and the 2020 election results to be honoured, they also want to go beyond that. They want to build an inclusive democracy that takes into account the needs and desires of uh, Myanmar's ethnic minorities. So, apart from getting civil servants to boycott work to try to cripple the regime, these young people have also been protesting in a way that allows them to get the attention of the wider world. The signs, for example, are in Burmese and English. Um, and while they have learned from young protesters in Thailand and in Hong Kong, their tactics are constantly evolving. This week, for example, we saw drivers pretending that cars had broken down to block key junctions in Yangon and to stop the movement of police and soldiers.
1: And let me stay with you for a few seconds more, Huiyi. Uh, What is the level, switching gears slightly, what is the level of worry in ASEAN? Are there worries about conflict and refugees, for example? Are there indications of ASEAN countries or ASEAN as an organisation trying to mediate in this?
0: Uh, Yes, uh, just uh, on Wednesday, uh, Indonesian uh, Foreign Minister Retno masudi um, travelled to Brunei to see how ASEAN can come up with a better response on this issue. Brunei, as you know, is chairing ASEAN this year and has issued a statement of concern as ASEAN chair. Uh, that happened on the day of the coup. Um, officially, there are limits to what ASEAN as a group can do because it operates by consensus of all members, including Myanmar. But as a Singapore Foreign Minister Vivian Balakrishnan said earlier this week, ASEAN can play a discreet role in trying to resolve this crisis. It's, too, it's still too early to talk about refugees, though there are concerns about how a military government could impact the welfare and the liberty of Myanmar people in the long term. I believe there is still room for mediation, especially by parties that have not condemned the coup outright and have had a long-standing engagement with Myanmar. So ASEAN or China, for example, would probably make more headway than others if they tried to engage the regime to lower tensions and avert the tragedy.
1: Dr. what two questions for you. A double-barreled question. What is your reading of where this is heading, given the the CDM and 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 the attitude of the military this time around? And the second question is, Back to what Hui was talking about. What can and should ASEAN, for starters, do? Anything constructive at all? So those two questions for you.
2: Thank you, Minerva. Well, um, for the first question, uh, a lot of people believe, um, observers and diplomats, that uh al is taking a page from a general, Prayuth, now prime minister, and how he handles all the uh, protests in Bangkok, you yeah? know? And um, there are indications that it might follow along that path. But um, will the protesters be able to uh, stay on that long? You remember that it lasted for months in Bangkok and for a year or more in Hong Kong. You know? well, These are the two places where the most comparisons are being made. Right now, we have a kind of a, a balance The movement is growing by leaps and bounds. Yesterday was the largest number yet. Um, it will be very costly for May um, and I, you know, uh, both as, um, politically and in lives and his image if he tries to crack down now. So he might play for time. In fact, um, there are indications that say that the army... Um, believes that um, um, the momentum of the protests will dissipate in a month. So they are not moving in at the moment. They are just, just some policemen and they are waiting to see uh, how long it will last. You know? um, if it doesn't last, uh, or if it goes on, at some point there will be a breaking point. You, know? um, you see, um, the economy in Yangon, And the government machinery is paralyzed. The bank, uh, central bank has joined and uh, all the private banks are closed and the staff are joining. And that's very important. People can't get their money out. At least um, the economy is running around, running along, you know, because we are mostly agrarian. But at some point, uh, like I said, there could be a breaking point and uh, violence could erupt. For the second question, um, leading from the first, if that kind of tempo and momentum is increased, the best option would be a compromise and for mediators to come in. Now, I've traditionally, I have maintained that the of political culture is traditionally weak in compromise and coalitions. You know? And, uh, I don't see any people of stature and, uh, um, initiative who could mediate um, from within the country? There are some religious res- leaders, Poli- political leaders, um, I don't think so. You know? There were one or two who say they want to mediate between uh, Aung San Suu Kyi and Mei Online, but uh, a lot of people are, are skeptical of it. Um, uh-huh. There are international bodies like the United Nations. But here, I think um, the regime, uh, the junta, would be more inclined to uh, accept some kind of initiative from ASEAN. Um, in the early weeks of, in the early days of the coup, um mean, reached out to Prime Minister Prayuth, you know, asking him for right. assistance in uh, um, democratic democracy building. Well, he was politely rebuffed, but I think his real purpose was to tell Prayuth that, okay, um, I'm in your situation, please help me. Well, I think they were inclined to have a kind of uh, intervention, if we can say that, from an ASEAN country or from ASEAN as a well. whole.
1: Ambassador Mukhopadhyay, there is, sticking to geopolitics, going back to geopolitics, there is this belief in some quarters that this is, that this is a new arena for U.S.-China competition. Now, doesn't that overstate the case? What is your, how do you see the geopolitics of this uh, panning out?
3: Yeah, um, you know, I think somehow Myanmar has not been uh, uh, brought in uh, very prominently in part of the U.S.-China, you know, sort of dynamics or in the Indo-Pacific dynamics. Uh, But, you know, a little bit of a lurking shadow has been there. There was a statement by U.S. Shazdeh Affairs some months back uh, that kind of alluded to this. Uh, So far, I see that uh, I think the U.S. has to take a very strong pro-democracy stand. And I think that stand is quite popular in Myanmar at the moment. Uh, but I think this time they are likely uh, not to use, uh, you know, the kind of very strong blunt sanctions which a lot of people have opposed, which affect, in, fact, in effect, the the, the, the people uh, and uh, the economy, in particularly, you know, the, the common people. So I think they are likely to use smarter sanctions as they have shown uh, with their first bout of mm-hmm. sanctions. I don't think they are likely to, uh, you know, uh, head towards, uh, you know, blanket sanctions. And also the appointment of veteran diplomat uh, Mr. Kurt Campbell as their special envoy for the Asia-Pacific would seem to suggest that it would be a more crafted and calibrated strategy. And the fact that the the Asia-Pacific is brought in or the Indo-Pacific is brought in would also mean that this time uh, uh, the U.S. would keep uh, China in mind and would try to do things as they have been warned not to do, Uh, that push the Myanmar regime that is not fundamentally inclined to go towards China, uh, towards China.
1: Yes, indeed. Okay. Huiyi, how serious, what is the, I mean, we can't say, but how serious is the tap about the one-year timeline? What is the thinking out there? Is the idea to sort of split the NLD, the National League for Democracy, kneecap the party, so the USDP, the military party can finally win an election?
0: Well, at this point, nobody is taking the Tamador's words at face value. It is quite clear that the uh, Commander-in Chief Nguyen Lai would not tolerate having Osan Suu Kyi or a party back in power. So we can expect to the regime to hold an election only when it is sure that the NLD would not be able to return. Now, how will he do this? Things are still unfolding, but we know that he is quoting ethnic minority politicians and politicians who had fallen out with sushi before the coup. We have seen that in Rakhine State and the Arakan National Party. As for the USDP, I really doubt that they can win any fair election because they performed so poorly last year. So if the general is serious about holding an election, he will likely have to change election rules and bring together a coalition of some sort to maintain the Tamadot's influence in politics.
1: Dr. kids in a parting shot from you and the same team, the same question really. What do you see one year ahead politically? How do you think, how do you think things will pan out?
2: Well, um, the army is meticulously following the constitution and it stipulates that there are in an emergency, there are two periods of six months in which um, the armed forces can take um, on emergency powers. And so it's going to be at least one year. If you're optimistic, uh, as I was on this, uh, we can expect um, elections maybe early next year. You know? But um, this could be extended for another year if he's still uh, not on solid ground. And so he could be um, on for two years. You know? And uh, yes, like we um, said, um, he doesn't want the NLD to win or even to contest. So we are back in the days of the 90, 1990s. Yeah? And uh, one uh, significant development that he has um, mentioned is that the rules of the elections you know, its not going to be first past the post anymore. He is going for proportional representation. So he has more of an excuse or rationale because this is um, a system that is entirely new for us and needs a lot of um due diligence and training i myself uh, lobbied for proportional representation in the early 2000s in, in the insane time but even the mm-hmm. ethics um i uh, think mps didn't understand it and they were um wary of it you know? i can tell you now if we had proportional representation last year in last year's elections these things would not happen you know? so like you were who we're saying it could not it could be a coalition or it could be um the outcome of an election with proportional representation, where there would be more even representation of the parties and um the ethnicities concerned. Anyway, we um think that the military will be there in one form or another. You know, another uh-huh. new party could be formed, or they could form alliances with um uh, with the ethnics. So one year or two year, I think we will have another elections. And, um, I think that this is really the end of the line for the NLD to be very frank and honest. Um, I don't think they will really bring the NLD back to power anymore.
1: I see. Fascinating discussion. Thank you very much. Dr. Kin Gautam Mukhopadhyay, Tan Yi. It's been a pleasure having you you. on the Board Asian Insider. Thank you. you.
2: Meet all of you again. It's nice being on this channel. Take care out there.
1: Options for the international community to really affect what is going on in Myanmar are severely limited. What the big fear is, is that the Myanmar economy will collapse and that will be Miserable for the people of Myanmar. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirmal Ghosh.
0: That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcastsbh.com.sg.